We're now at the beginning of Chodesh Elul, and aside from the well-known event that happened in the beginning of Elul, where Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Harsinai to receive the second Luchais, after the Rebbe Shalom says, "You know what? Uh, you you may be successful. I'm going to give it. I'll give you a shot to bring atonement for the Jewish people about the Egal." There's another momentous event that occurred in Tanakh in the beginning of Chodesh Elul. If you look in the beginning of Sefer Chagai, Sefer Chagai begins, Bishnas Shtayim Ledaryavashem, in the second year of Darius, Bachoydesh Hashishi, in the sixth month, Bioimechad Lachoydesh, Hoyo Devar Hashem, Biad Chagai Hanovi, El Zrubavel Ben Shaltiel, according to uh, some opinions, Zrubavel was Nechemia, other opinions say he was uh, an, a separate individual. And the prophecy to Chagai went as follows: No, the time has come to rebuild the second Mesa Mikdash. So the prophecy about the rebuilding of the second Mesa Mikdash happened on Rosh Chodesh Elo. In fact, my friend Daniel Weinstein pointed out that the Kafachayim brings down some Tavkuf Pei Aleph, Sivkatan Tes Vav. He brings from the Nazira Shimshain that on the second day of Rosh Chodesh Elo, one should read Parak Aleph of Chagai. Why? Because that's when the Nevoah took place. And there's a concept that on the day something happens, it's a mitzvah to read about it. Like Tafachim says, I refer you to what I said earlier in Sim Tav Chav Tes from the Shlach Kadosh, that one should learn Saches Psachim on Psachim and Roshana on Rosh Hashanah. Learning something at its appropriate times brings toiva to the world. We could just explain further that the appropriateness of reading Parak Aleph of Chagah in the beginning of Elul is not only because it happened on Elul. It didn't just happen to occur on Elul. But there is something fundamental and thematic to the prophecy of Chagai which sheds light and defines the objective and the avoid of Chodesh Elul. The Abarbanel, in the very first Pasuka in Zechariah, is troubled that it's not common for the Nabi to say the month and the date that the prophecy took place. Why, by this particular prophecy of Chagai, does it say it happened on the first day of the sixth month? And Besiata the Shemaya, I would like to discuss, hopefully on Hoshana Rabbah, why the next prophecy of, of Chagai took place on Hoshana Rabbah. But the Abarbanel says that it's not for naught that the Prophet records that this took place in Rosh Chodesh Elul because what is happening to Chagai, the prophecy that is occurring to Chagai, is directly parallel and similar to what happened the first time in Rosh Chodesh Elul. Moshe broke the Luchais, the Jewish people were in danger, Hashem threatened to destroy Klal Yisrael, and then Moshe Rabbeinu was able to placate the Rivan Shalom, and we had another chance, and Hashem said, you know what, I'll accept their tshuva, and Hashem gave us Lucha Shniyos. So the, the occurrence of Moshe going up to Arsena to receive the Lucha Shniyos represents another opportunity after a first effort that was uh, spoiled. The Lucha Shniyos were very great, were, were on a higher madriga than Lucha Shniyos. Had we accepted Lucha Shniyos, nobody would have ever died. Nevertheless, we blew it. But Hashem gave us another opportunity. The same thing with the second Beis HaMikdash, says the Abarbanel. The first Beis HaMikdash was greater than the second Beis HaMikdash. 
and we and it was destroyed because of our sins. But nevertheless, Hashem gave us another opportunity. So Chodesh Elul is the month of a second chance. And just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Klai Yisrael a second chance with the Luchai Shniyos on Rosh Chodesh Elul, Hashem gave Klai Yisrael a second opportunity with the Bayashini on Rosh Chodesh Elul. And the appropriateness of reading this in the beginning of Elul is to message Klal Yisrael that this is the month of another opportunity. Whatever we may have been or whatever we may have done until now, we always have another opportunity. But let's just add one very important Nekudah. Because it's more than reading about another chance. Because even though Klal Yisrael lost so much because the first Luchas were broken, we never would have died we would have been free from the Malach HaMavas, and we would have been free from illness and from having to go to work and from any of the vicissitudes of life. But nevertheless, actually, Klal Yisrael had a great elevation specifically because of Luch HaShniyos. Beis HaLevi, the Nitziv, tells us that the oral law was either written or was able to be detected on the Luch HaShniyos. The whole Torah was recorded in Luchas Rishonis, and therefore the Luchas Rishonis shone, it illuminated. Luchas Shniyos, no, no more. You couldn't figure it out. It wasn't written on Luchas Shniyos. It had to be derived through toil, yegia, through Torah, the Kayach of Tarshabalpeh. But says the Beis Halivi, it actually brought great elevation to Moshe. Because now the oral law was not written on the Luchas, now it was written on Moshe himself. And that's why, while the Luchas Rishonis shone, Moshe didn't. By the Luchas Shniyos, Moshe was shining. And he had to put on a mask because now the oral law was written on Moshe. So even though the Luchas Shniyos brought an existence and a reality that was a descent, it actually also was a great elevation. Same thing with the second Mesa Mikdash. Even though it says in Chagai, without a hay, and the Gemara Numa says we were missing five things. We didn't have Eish from Shamayim, we didn't have the Aron, we didn't have the Urim Batumim, we didn't have Shechina, we didn't have Ruach HaKodesh. Nevertheless, the Navi tells us, There was a certain majesty the second base of Mikdash had, the first didn't. The Baal HaLashem explains that Hashem chose that time to disseminate and proliferate and expand and magnify the teaching of the oral law similar to the Lucha Shniyos through the Kayach of Tar Peh. It's almost parallel that the second Beis HaMikdash allowed for expansion of the oral law in a way the first Beis HaMikdash did not similar to the expansion of the oral law through the Lucha Shniyos. So it in a certain sense, even though Lucha Shniyos and Bayashini were a descent, they were both in elevation. And it's the same thing with the Kayach of Tshuva. Even though when a person sins, they descend greatly. And even though the Gemara Numa says, B'makoim shetzadikim gemurim oimdim ein balei tshuva oimdim, that someone who never sins is on a greater level, the Gemara says, than about tshuva, but on another dimension, the Gemara brings the opinion of Rabbi Abahu, so while it seems like a descent, it was an ascent as well. And in a certain sense, Teshuvah is also through the Kayach of Tayr Shabal Peh. 
because it doesn't say tshuva in the Torah. Like the Chazal tell us, they asked Chachma, what should be the fate of the sinner? Chachma says, sinner should die. They asked the Torah, what should be the fate of the sinner? Torah says, let him bring a carbon. They asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Tshuva is something that comes, is Ima uh, Ilah from the Kayach of Bina, the Kayach of Tarshabal Peh. So there are two parallels to the process of Tshuva and Elul to Luchashniyais and Second Base Hamikdash. Number one, while all of these things seem like the person went down and Kaisa went down, they bring great Aliyah. Luchashniyais elevated Moshe and Klal Yisrael. Bayasheni was an elevation, and Shuva b'makom shemal Shuva oimdin tzadikim kavom yicham lamet, and it's also a parallel in terms of their connection to the Torah Shabbat Peh. So the appropriateness of reading the beginning of Chagai and the beginning of Elul is to teach that although it seems that we've went down, but it's an opportunity for great Aliyah. Great Aliyah, we could elevate ourselves to an even greater level. Our face can be shining. We could be elevated to Godol Yiyah, Kavod Ba'is Ha'achem and Arishayim, because B'makayim Shabali Tshuva Oimdim, Ein Sadikim Gemurim, Chaylam La'amayim. Wishing everyone a successful voyage of Tshuva and Chaydash Elam.